Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week seven. We've got seven ACC games to preview. How are you doing? You ready to go? I am. This is rapidly becoming one of my favorite times to record, Joey. Absolutely. This like Thursday morning time slot. Oh, yeah. Just speaks college football to me. It does. Uh, Mike, yeah, I got a good night of sleep. Got some caffeine in me. Feeling saucy. Yeah, I got got a couple of saucy picks. We're gonna mix it up a little bit. Go Braves! Yeah, uh, you ready to go? You want to jump right in? Yeah, let, we can jump in. I just want to let the listeners know, like, don't be alarmed when Joey picks Syracuse outright this week. Um, they're allowed to be a little bit alarmed, and also they're allowed to continue fading Joey. Yes, <laughs> you promised saucy picks. I mean, I don't Hashtag know what else to Joey. tell you. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Exactly. Um, all right, well, let's jump in. Uh, let's see how saucy it gets at. 3.30 on ABC, Mike, the, the game that we found most interesting of the weekend, there is a ranked matchup we've got to talk about next, but this one not exactly a ranked matchup, but very, very interesting. The number three, Notre Dame fighting Irish, your Irish, Mike, a 10.5 point road favorite on the road at Heinz Field, taking on the Pitt Panthers uh, under Narduzzi. Pitt coming off, like I think it's like three straight losses now. Uh, that hadn't been pretty for them in several weeks. Uh, Notre Dame coming off of a... A very uninspired win over Louisville, we'll say. Uh, how are you feeling about Notre Dame here? You like them to cover? Nope. Kind of a big number. Nope, I don't. Do you? No, I don't think so. Now, there's a clear path for Notre Dame to cover. I want to make that clear here, right? Does so, it start with Joe Yellen and the Pittsburgh offense? <laughs> starts and ends there. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, let me let me explain. Okay, so... The story that everybody's going to talk about, and they're going to talk about on the telecast, they're going to say Notre Dame's rushing offense is really good, right? Which we can agree, it's it's very good. It's second in the ACC, 5.74 yards per play in conference play. Kyron Williams has been really good for Notre Dame. We keep talking about on this podcast. He has been their offense so mm-hmm. far. They, they mix in Chris Tyree a little bit, but they don't have enough proven playmakers on the outside that Ian Book's been able to find reliably. We can agree on that, right? Absolutely. Okay, so Pittsburgh's rushing defense is the best in the ACC. Yep. They are allowing a shade over two yards per play in conference play. Something's got to give here, right? And that's the storyline everybody's going to be talking about. The real story here is that Pittsburgh can't stop anybody through the air. Yep. Anybody does that matter? The air. But does that matter? That is the path for Notre Dame to win this game and cover, is that the Irish find a passing offense. But, Joey, if they couldn't do it against Louisville, I don't think they're going to do it against Pittsburgh. Do you? No. Yeah, and that was exactly where I was coming from on this. Is I mean, Pittsburgh's secondary has been a little bit of a mess for the last three games, and it's it's really been their, their Achilles heel, I think, in these games. It's kind of allowed yep. teams to stay in and win games outright. And, again, that was NC State, Boston College, and now uh, Miami. Um, 
had success throwing the ball. That was the kind of the thing that allowed those teams to win those games. So now we we project that onto Notre Dame, and you know, realizing there is talent, we've seen Ian Book do that before: throw the ball oh, down yeah. the field, win games. You know, they got in the playoff and that kind of thing. I mean, they were able to do it at times, but there's just something different about this Notre Dame receiver core this year. They're missing Chase Claypool. They're missing Cole Komet. They're missing like any feasible downfield passing threat that they've ever had in that receiving core. And that's kind of caused a ton of issues. Right. So I agree. So that's my, my big concern about Notre Dame covering a big number here. I mean, it's, it's ten and a half. That's a lot of points, and and I mean the total here is like forty three and a half. Yeah, low, low, low. So that I mean that would be a ton of separation in a game that features so few points. Um, so Mike, you're on you're on pit to cover here, but Notre Dame maybe wins a close one. Yeah, I think Notre Dame wins a close one. I I don't trust Joe Yellen if he's the one playing quarterback. I <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I I trust him. Look, Pittsburgh's offense is very good, right? So. In order for Pitt to win this game, it's going to have to be low scoring because if Notre Dame scores three or four touchdowns, this thing's a wrap and they probably cover. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think this is ugly. Like, I don't know. You want to say like 22 to 13, something like that. Something or, weird. Yeah. Yeah. So like an eight or nine point margin. Um, Notre Dame maybe scores a touchdown late to kind of extend the lead and and kind of seal the thing up. I just don't I don't trust Pitt's offense enough to pick them outright. Um, I don't trust Notre Dame's passing offense enough to really pull away effectively. And look, if Notre Dame is looking for a passing offense, now's the week to find it, right? Mm-hmm. And to kind of prove to everybody, hey, you know, we're just kind of trying to figure some things out, and it's not really as bad as it looked. I don't think that's going to be the case, by the way. I, I think they struggle again throwing the ball. And Ian Book's received a lot of criticism. I, I think this is less on Ian Book this year and more on Notre Dame's wide receivers' inability to separate. Like, he's got nobody to really throw to reliably. And mm-hmm. really the only time we've seen those receivers get open was against Florida State, and it was Ian Book's best game. So yep. I think there's there's something to that theory that the receivers are causing more issues to the Notre Dame passing offense this year than Ian Book. Yep. Mike, I, I agree with everything you've just said here. I I mean, we, we've there's a, a pretty clear definition, I think, uh, of where the strengths and weaknesses lie in this game. Um, yep. I agree with you. I, I'll take Pittsburgh in the ten and a half. Uh, I'll take those points. But you know what, Mike? I don't know that I need those points. Give me Pittsburgh to win the game on oh the field. Yep, he's saucy. Give me he's Pittsburgh saucy. outright in an upset over Notre Dame. Mike, are you familiar with the Pitt super weapon? I, I am. Is this the week that it strikes? This is the we- last week. This is the week the Pitt super weapon is getting fired. <laughs> We swung and missed last week, so this better be it. It's getting charged up right now. If you look down the rest of the slate, it's not. there's no other opportunity. For those unfamiliar with the Pitt Super Weapon, what that says is that over the last, I don't know, like 10 years, there has been an overwhelming number of occasions where Pitt comes into games against certainly top 15 teams, but especially top five teams. Pitt is unranked. They're a big underdog, and they go in and just through some hook or by crook, they win the game outright. They fire the super weapon, and then there tends to be like some kind of refractory period afterwards where they're not good again. So it's it's very <laughs> inexplicable. Um, but Mike, I'm telling you right now, number three Notre Dame going into Heinz Field against this unranked three in a row, you know, lost three in a row Pittsburgh team. Panthers are getting it done on the field this weekend. It's it, they're doing it. Yeah, I liken the Pitt super weapon to like your kids' little league team where. <laughs> 
they outscore a team by 15 on Monday, then they go out on Wednesday and get no hit. Yeah. That is the pit super weapon. And you won't make it the pick of the week, you bastard. Yep. And it doesn't matter. No, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> not, not my pick of the week. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, truthfully, I haven't decided what my pick of the week is, but it's not that. I promise that. All right. Well, okay. Fair enough. But we mentioned, well, they might not have Kenny Pickett. We don't know if they will or won't. And if he does, if they do, he might be kind of banged up. Joe Yellen, we know there's some limitations there. Mike, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It's the Pitt super weapon. It doesn't matter. It, it defies all logic. Pittsburgh winning the game on Saturday. I'm telling you that right now. Look, we're, we're going to come back on Sunday. It's going to be a final score of like Notre Dame 42, Pittsburgh 6. And uh, I'm yeah. going to say, well, I mean, I told you that Notre Dame could throw the ball in this Pittsburgh defense. Joey's going to say, yeah, I told you Pitt would win outright. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, if that's the case, super weapon might be broken. So yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. work on addressing that in the offseason, I guess. I don't yep. know. Yep. All right. We're both on Pittsburgh to cover. I'm on them outright. Go for it. Uh, total of 43 and a half. Man, they're daring you to take the under. They are. Well, they're also kind of daring you to take the over. I, I guess. I mean, I, I think if you're going pit, to pick Pittsburgh outright, I think you have to bet the under. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. They're not winning to shootout, Joey. No. They're not. If, if somebody scores 30 points in this game, then Pittsburgh's going to lose and probably not going to cover. So, yeah, that's a wrap. Uh, I agree. So keep that in mind. All right, let's move on, Mike. Noon on ESPN, our ranked matchup, as promised. The number 23 NC State Wolfpack. Hey, look at you, NC State. They're ranked. That's good. For now. They're a 15.5-point underdog on the road in Chapel Hill, taking on the number 14 North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, total is 61. That is a huge number in a rivalry game. But once again, NC State going to be without Devin Leary. And as we've mentioned before, Devin Leary coming in for Bailey Hockman, who will now be the starter, has been a real inflection point in this offense and in this team this year. And with him injured, now it's just going to be the Bailey Hockman show again. And Mike, that's a huge number for a couple of ranked teams. But I don't know how much faith I have in NC State, you know, being helmed by Bailey Hockman as their quarterback. Put it that way. Yeah, I'm on North Carolina here. I think it's a terrible spot for NC State. Mm hmm. Don't yeah. you? I mean, ba Bailey Hockman, he played fine last week when he came in. He threw that one touchdown pass. It should have been intercepted. Um, NC State's offense really struggled with Hockman as the starter early in the year. I mean, think back to the Virginia Tech game. Um, a lot of the reason why they fell behind early was because Bailey Hockman just didn't play well offensively. And NC State's defense was real bad. And, and they've cleaned that up quite a bit. So credit uh, the defensive coaching staff you know, for getting that more clearly aligned. I mean, they were having some major, major issues defensively early in the year. It seems like they've cleaned that up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but offensively, this was a different-looking unit with Devin Leary. And now that he's out for four to eight weeks, which I he broke his leg, and it's only going to be four to eight weeks. That's not the worst prognosis I've ever heard. But um, not having him against a North Carolina offense that can really score is going to be an issue. The only path I can see for NC State here to keep this within the margin is if they're able to run the ball really well, which, I mean, North Carolina's rushing defense isn't exactly great. <laughs> so I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit and keep it out of Sam Howell's hands. But I think that's really the only path here. and They're going to have to avoid turnovers through the air, which if NC State's defense makes enough stops, I, I could see this being semi-competitive. But coming off of the second half performance last week and the way North Carolina lost, I don't think they're going to want to start slow again against a team that they're definitively better than this week. I just think it's a bad spot for NC State. 
first week without your starting quarterback. You're facing a pissed off North Carolina team just lost to Florida State. The worst thing that happened to NC State here is that North Carolina lost on the road last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, give me the Tar Heels here by, I think, three scores. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a good spot for NC State. Um, the thing I was going to bring up, Mike, and I thought this was really interesting that um, listening to Stanford Steve and the Bear, Chris Felica made mention of a, of a kind of a wild trend here that was mentioned. He says, it isn't often that you see a matchup between two teams that are ranked outside of the top 10 with a spread larger than 14 points. So two That is ra- correct. So ranked, they're both ranked, ranked outside of the top 10. So neither is a top 10 team. Spread is bigger than 14 points. Yeah. He said there's been one of those in each of the past three years, and in all three instances, the favorite won and covered easily. Yep. So what, I think that what that's basically telling you is that if there was a spread that big between two teams that are ranked and one isn't just like obviously one of the best teams in the country, the underdog might be a little bit of fool's gold. Agree. And, and I, 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 I think this ranking for NC State is a lot more justified, and they are probably a legit fringe top 25 team if Devin Leary is playing quarterback. Agree. But without him, uh, yeah. So I'm just going to sit there and just give those 15 and a half within, with North Carolina. It's a lot of points, but, you know, it, it's it's hard to have a lot of confidence in NC State. We've already seen a little bit of that. Um, I was going to shout out uh, one of our listeners, Randy Love, uh, left us a comment on the Facebook page yesterday. And it, actually, it was really appreciated because I didn't realize I'd, it's, it's hard for us to keep up with all the, you know, the intricate news that comes along with 15 teams in the conference. Uh, I guess where Devin Leary was to start the year was in contact tracing. So that was kind of why they didn't have him against Wake Forest and, um, and kind of why it might have taken him a little bit of time to get ramped up. So um, thanks for letting us know, Randy. And anytime you guys hear us saying something dumb or uninformed, you know, don't we're not ashamed of it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, again, I don't have time to keep up with 15 teams. I can barely keep up with one. So, um, you know, so let us know anytime we're, uh, we're saying anything that doesn't seem right. Yep. All right. All right. So we're both on North Carolina there. Um, total of 61. I'd probably leave that alone. That could go either way. Yeah. I. Yeah. I, I'd probably leave that alone. Maybe under. I do think NC State's going to have some success running the ball against this North Carolina defense, for what that's worth. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina's defense being the best in the conference through two games was <laughs> is officially a byproduct of them playing Syracuse and Boston College. Speaking of fool's gold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So. All right, moving on. At noon on regional sports networks, so your local Fox Sports channel or apparently the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, Mike, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's where we found an ACC game last week here (laughs) in the uh, Virginia, D.C. metro area. But you should be able to watch it anywhere on uh, ESPN3. The Florida State Seminoles, Mike, a a four-and-a-half-point underdog going to Louisville to take on the Cardinals. Total is 61. You going to be watching this game, Mike? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm gonna keep an eye on it. How about you? I, I'm gonna be like watching it with one eye. The, the other eye, I'll be like covering up with my hands. I don't know if I want to see it, but I'm morbidly curious at least. Five points is a lot of points for Louisville, right? It kind of is, but I mean, is that enough for Florida State? Like, yeah, I mean, it's a letdown spot, certainly um, for Florida State. Yeah, it is having to go on the road, play at noon. Supposed to be blackout conditions in Louisville, which is going to be awkward considering the fan. You know, there's only like 15 percent of the fans allowed in, and it's at noon, so might Spicy. not have the effect it normally does. Right. So, um, yeah, 
Interesting little side note here, too. Florida State with new quarterback Jordan Travis. Uh, Travis transferred to Florida State from Louisville. Um, and, and my understanding is that that exit that he made from Louisville was not one that left him with a, uh, a soft spot in his heart for, for the city or for the program. So um, might be a, a little bit of a show put on by him here in this game if he's trying to prove a point. Um, Louisville did look a little bit improved last week against Notre Dame. I mean, for, for, for what we consider Notre Dame's shortcomings, I mean, again, zero-sum game. Like, Louisville had to have some element of, of causing that and creating that. So, I thought they played better defensively. Yeah, um, at least had a good game plan there. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 a good sign because that's that's a pretty big improvement on anything we've seen so far this year. Um, I think it was maybe the Pittsburgh game was the only other game where I felt like they played okay defensively. Right. Um, now you play a, a Florida State offense that can struggle from an efficiency standpoint at times, but can be very very explosive. Um, I don't know. I don't know which way I want to go with this, Mike. And I, I told you yesterday, like I was not looking forward to previewing this because like. I could see this game going in all sorts of different directions. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is I trust Jordan Travis right now more than I trust Malik Cunningham, mm-hmm. which is a wild thing to say. I mean, mm-hmm. if I said that at the beginning of the year, you would have been like, wait, you trust Florida State's second or third string quarterback more than you trust one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC? But yeah. Malik Cunningham has not been one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC this year. He's been kind of middle-of-the-road average. Yeah. Um, better in some weeks than others. I, The one thing that Louisville has going for them here is that Notre Dame's rushing offense, like we talked about, really good. And Louisville, for four quarters, they struggled, struggled a little bit in the fourth quarter last week. But over the course of four quarters, I think you give them a solid B in how they defended Notre Dame's rushing attack. I thought they did a good enough job. You know, some of the stats in the fourth quarter were really one-sided in Notre Dame's direction to kind of move the pendulum a little bit and makes those numbers look a little bit more inflated. But I thought Louisville, you know, being able to bottle up Notre Dame's passing offense and slow down the rushing offense enough was a pretty good recipe to keep them in the game. And who's to say they can't do that against Florida State? Um, Florida State, again, their strength is running the football, uh, really with Jordan Travis just kind of being Mr. Everything for them as the running game has kind of slow, been slow to come along in the backfield with the absence of Cam Akers this year. So I, I think that there's a path there for Louisville to obviously win this game I just don't – oh, man. I, I'm not crazy about this line. I think I'm going to go with Florida State here to cover, and maybe Louisville wins outright. Mm-hmm. That's – I think that's where I'm at. Um, I, 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 Yeah, if I, if I don't have a good feel for which team is really the better team and I'm getting more than just a couple points, yeah, I guess just give me the points. I'll take Florida State here. I'm, I'm with you. Um I, I would say I'm not just making an effort to copy you, even though copying you would have been a lot better than what I've done so far this year from a pick standpoint. But, <laughs> yeah, let's take Florida State at least to cover. It might be a three- or four-point game, uh, Louisville winning a close one. Um, I, I definitely think Florida State's got something, though, with, with Jordan Travis at, at quarterback. And I don't think that offense is really what Mike Norvell has in mind from like a long-term perspective. It doesn't really look much of anything like what they ran at Memphis – but I mean, it's better than whatever they were trying to do with James Blackman and you know anybody else. So that's I, I'm going to take Florida State to cover. They might win the game outright. You know, it's probably not. If you're going to bet that, you might just consider throwing a couple bucks on the the money line there for Florida State. I would agree. Um, so, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't feel super strongly about this game either way. I'm curious to see how it goes because I think it can tell us quite a bit about either of these teams. I mean. If you really believe it can happen, 
it will happen. Yeah. Right? Believe in yourself, Mike. Yeah. But don't necessarily believe in either of these two teams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Florida State plus 170 on the money line if you're interested and uh, so inclined. Eh. 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 I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't have so a good inclined? lean here. I, uh, yeah, not really. I, I, don't have a good, I don't have a good lean here. I yeah. just take Florida State plus five and call it a day. I'm not betting it. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't recommend betting this game. Gross line. Speaking of a game I wouldn't recommend betting, Mike, the Syracuse Orange – are uh, on the road in Death Valley taking on the Clemson Tigers. Um, Mike, they're a 46-point underdog. <laughs> Hit us with one of those saucy picks right here, Joey. Uh, I. All right. You know what? Since this whole year is just a meme anyways, and I'm just already getting roasted on Twitter for everything that I've ever picked this year, and the numbers are terrible, and I've got nothing to lose, and again, we're just being saucy here, Mike. Yeah. You know what? Give me Syracuse and the points. <laughs> Give me the 46 points. I'll take them. Fine. <laughs> if I must. Just just to be clear, our audio didn't freeze there. I'm just looking at Joey in disbelief. Yeah. No. Um, I, I, look. Again, boatload of points. Clemson, you figure this is – I mean, they're going to have the full 110-man roster on the sidelines. You know, you're going to have walk-ons in by, like, the middle of the third quarter – is it going to be close? Like Syracuse, even having a history of upsetting Clemson and nearly upsetting Clemson in 2017 and 18, like last year it was pretty bad. This year it's going to be worse. Um, no Tommy DeVito, no Andre Cisco. Syracuse has been just completely, you know, inept offensively and becoming more inept defensively. I, I, I have no reason to think that this will be a game by the end of the first quarter. But 46, lots of points. Uh, the you know, let's just hope Clemson calls off the dogs and like fifty-two to seven gets you there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, fifty-five to six doesn't. Mm-hmm. Don't give me that bad energy, Mike. I don't even know if Syracuse scores here. This could be shutout territory. Yeah, I mean, but hey, Georgia Tech scored, so. Uh, yeah, they did. It was a tie game there for a minute, even after it was nothing, nothing. Sure. Like okay. literally, literally uh, two plays. I think it was a tight game. But, uh, Clemson. I'm taking Clemson, and uh, I literally said 55 to six, and mm. that is right at the total of 61. Or what are you seeing, Joey? Um, 61 and a half. That's kind of what I was seeing. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's right there within half a point. Yeah. Do not bet this game. Don't bet it. Please don't. Don't bet it. We- uh, but. We are picking it because we are legally required to as ACC podcast hosts. That's the only That's right. Reason. That's right. Um, there's no way I'm not going to roll with the number one team in the country to roll to cover a huge spread. Just I got got to be on that side of history. Am I already locked in on my pick, or can I like switch it? You can switch it. I'm tired of feeling dumb, Mike. <laughs> I'm tired of feeling dumb. I'm just going to take well, Clemson. Just take Clemson, and then come over to this side, and then we can just both be wrong. If it's 45 to three, they don't cover. Like. Right. So it's just it's really you're all you're trying to do here is just guess like when Clemson is going to be done. Like Right. Is there going to be mean, like a running clock in the fourth quarter? There could be. Yeah, well, I mean, my if it's running clock or like 10 minute quarters, we're not getting any action on this game anyway. So <laughs> um I would like to say that it may be up to Clemson's backups to cover the spread and Clemson's backups have not been 
very convincing. But I think this might be the week they turn it around, Joey. Yeah. Could Although be. they looked they looked okay. They looked okay last week against Georgia Tech with the punter in and you know. It's promising. It, it was it was better. I mean, Clemson's backups have not been very good this year, but it was better. That fourth string offense offense coming along nicely, Mike. Uh, the Will Spires led fourth string offense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. I guess just give me Clemson. We'll both take Clemson, and um, no no thoughts on the total. I don't have any thoughts on like almost any totals this week. I don't think. I mean, you I realize either. the last three games that we've previewed have had totals of 61, 61, and sixty one and a half. Yeah, and we keep getting totals wrong anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah, these are all, like, very neutral, middle-of-the-road totals. Speaking of Clemson murdering teams, Mike, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, fresh off that murder, uh, three-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road, shipping up to Boston, taking on the fighting Jeff Halfleys of Boston College. Um, Mike, am I misguided for feeling like Georgia Tech might be able to bounce back here after last week? Nope. You don't think? You are not. Nope, I'm taking Georgia Tech out right, Joey. Damn it, I was going to do the same thing, and I was feeling saucy about it. Yeah, not saucy. I'm taking Georgia Tech out right. I think that um, Boston College got exposed a little bit last week and started turning the ball over a bunch, and there were some questionable plays offensively against a Virginia Tech defense that I'm not sure is really all that good, and that worries me a little bit about BC. They still can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia Tech's passing defense, I think it's safe to say, is the strength of that side of the football. Ish. Um, ish. And I, I, the, the way I look at this, too, is that Georgia Tech is coming off of a week where they were just absolutely embarrassed by Clemson. And I think they want to prove against a team that they are more on the same level with that they are not as bad as they looked last week against against Clemson. So, yeah. I think this is a bounce back spot for Georgia Tech. It's a coin flip game anyway, and I think Boston College's lack of offensive balance catches up with them again for a second week in a row. So I'm taking Georgia Tech out, right? Yep. Uh, I'm with you. Um, I, I, the thing that makes me nervous about this game for Georgia Tech is that the the passing defense like can be the strength of that defense, but it's, it's really been inconsistent in a lot of cases this year. Um, they've had a number of blown coverages and, and miscommunications and that kind of thing. Like, the pass rush can be good, but if it's not getting home, like the secondary has been a little bit glitchy, and that's like the primary way that Boston College has moved the ball is by Phil Dracovic throwing the ball 55 times a game and occasionally right. hitting Zay Flowers and Hunter Long like all over the top and everything. So um, I, that makes me nervous, but yeah, the fact that Boston College can't run the ball, the fact that their defense is decidedly just kind of average against both the run and the pass and, and even a little bit worse against the run, like Georgia right. tech can run the ball a little bit. So I, I think, yeah, a team that's looking to prove something that they, they were a little bit embarrassed last week, all that stuff. I, I kind of think that they're going to bounce back. Now this is a long road trip. It's, it's kind of a sleepy place to play. Um, it is a four o'clock game. So there, that's, you know, there's a little bit of something there that you get, you get to kind of wake up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Give me Georgia Tech. I think to win this game outright, um, Boston College just like I, I look at these games that they've won, Mike, and it's at Duke, home against Texas State, and home against Pittsburgh. Yep. It, I mean, is Pitt the best team they've beaten? Yes. And they won in overtime. You know, so like they scored a grand total of twenty four points, I think, in regulation. Like, you know. I, 
I'm still skeptical about this Boston College team. They are decidedly, I'll say this, they are decidedly better than I thought they were going to be coming into the year. I agree. I'm totally on board with that, and I don't want to call Boston College overrated because of that, because I do think they're better than we expected them to be. So I don't want to say that they're overrated. I think that would be unfair. Um, But, like, to give (laughs) flip side of that coin, you talked about that Pittsburgh game that they won. A big reason why they won that game wasn't because of something Boston College did. It mm-hmm. was something that Pitt didn't do, which was make an extra point. Yeah. So that's really important to note here because Boston College could just as easily lost that game. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, so, yeah, give me Georgia Tech outright. And the other thing I'm going to th- – I think I'm going to make an official play, Mike. Give me the over in this game. Ooh. 54 and a half. I think Georgia Tech secondary is going to have a couple of glitches. It's going to let you know long touchdowns come in again for Zay Flowers. Um, I, I think Georgia Tech's going to be able to move the ball, and hopefully you see them finish drives the way they did against Brett. Louisville. Um, I, I think there's going to be some points here, even, the, even yeah, from agree. a couple of teams that are kind of inconsistent on offense. I agree. I mean, there will be some points. I I don't have a strong play on that one either way. I, I guess I would lean under. I'd go opposite of you because I think if it gets into shootout territory with B, what BC can do through the air, I, I think Georgia Tech's in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, Fair enough. Um, but but I mean the the total isn't exactly that high either. I mean I wouldn't call like uh you know a twenty eight to twenty four game shootout, and that's right around the total. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Yeah, Georgia Tech in the over. You've got Georgia Tech, so go Jackets. Make some hey, money. Win totals. It's gonna win you. Win. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna hit the over for you. So. And then all we're it's doing funny. is praying to get through like ten or eleven games because. If the season gets yeah. canceled, lose that action. I think we're past that, right? I think. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we're out of the woods yet on that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just keep playing. Time will tell. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Two more here, Mike. Uh, Eight o'clock on the ACC Network. Your Virginia Cavaliers, a 12 and a half point underdog in South Beach, taking on the number 11 Miami Hurricanes. Total is 58. Um <laughs> 12 and a half, kind of a lot. We know Miami can struggle to cover big spreads at times, but Virginia last week without Brandon Armstrong at quarterback, and we don't know if he's going to be back or not, didn't really look all that great. Uh, Mike, how are we, uh, how are we feeling about this game? It's kind of a, a rock and a hard place here, I feel like. Do you believe Pittsburgh is better than Virginia? Um, hmm. What phase of the moon are we in? Full. That's the we'll point. That's the yeah. point. Like I, I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, Miami beat Pittsburgh thirty-one to nineteen last week. That was twelve, right? Mm-hmm. The spread is twelve and a half. Mm-hmm. So, the number is allegedly right around where it should be. Um, Pittsburgh and Virginia have something in common, Joey. Either team has their starting quarterback right now, right? Yeah. And Pittsburgh played Joe Yellen, and Virginia has not been playing Brian Armstrong. It's been a mix of Lindell Stone, Keaton Thompson, a host of others. Mm-hmm. And Bronco Mendenhall said this week that as long as Brandon Armstrong is out, he's not opposed to a three-man rotation. Hmm. Why? I, I mean, I, well, none of them wear quarterback numbers anyways, so why right. not? <laughs> right. It's all just a wildcat um, formation, Mike. I, I Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Miami's defense has been okay, um, and most games has been pretty good. And Virginia offensively right now, without their starting quarterback, scares me a little bit. And I think this is a bounce-back game offensively for Miami against Virginia defense that I think we thought was going to be better than it actually is. 
So, Joey, it's it's that time, baby. Yeah? Lock it up. Lock it up, man. This is my pick of the week. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Man, big spread with Miami locking that thing up. All right. All right. We all have our own uh, our own things we're into in this world. Um, I guess I'll take Miami here. I, I, I don't know how Virginia is going to move the ball against this Miami defense. Uh, or do I. Especially if they're running three quarterback thing. I mean, one of those is going to be Keaton Thompson, who had 10 carries and no passing attempts last last week. And right. you want to know a way to get eaten alive by that Miami defense? <laughs> Just run a wildcat situation out there like you're not even thinking about throwing it. Like Yep. So, yeah, I don't know what the path to victory is here for Virginia. Um, for what it's worth, I mean, I don't know how much Miami is going to just blow the doors off and running the ball either. Like, right. Virginia is not bad defensively. Um, so, I, this I, I could see this staying kind of close, but 12 and a half, I mean, Miami at home, sure. Let's take the Canes. Take the Canes. Uh, totals 58. Uh, maybe lean under. I I would go under. I'm making that a play, Joey. Making that a play. Yep, under. I'll I'll stick with you on that. I'll I'll make that a play as well. Under on this game, 58. That's a lot of points for these two offenses. I don't I don't really know where the scoring is going to come from. No. Um, I don't know that. I mean, let's look at Virginia's defense. Passing yards per play, eight and a half. Rushing yards per play allowed, you know, not quite three point six. So they're going to defend the run fairly well. They're going to make Miami throw it and. You know they're not going to give Miami a ton of trouble throwing it, but Miami gives themselves a ton of trouble throwing it. So at that point, <laughs> they have a like, lot in common. They have a lot in common with some of the other uh, good teams in the ACC. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I think that's a, a path for Miami to win. They're going to probably hit some big plays over the top, but how consistently they can do that, I don't know. Uh, let's just take the under and uh, feel pretty good about that. Let's go with it. All right, let's do it. Last one, Mike. 3.30 on Regional Sports Networks. Once again, ESPN3. Uh, your number 19 Virginia Tech Hokies, a nine-point favorite on the road, taking on the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks. Total is 68. That is a healthy total. Uh, Wake Forest, a home dog. And, Mike, home dogs this year, 8-4 and four against the spread in ACC games. Uh, you want those points? Uh, I'm taking the Hokies. Yeah. I'm taking the Hokies against the spread here, um, and it's it's real simple for me. Uh, you look at what Wake Forest has done, rushing defense yards per play, 5.06. That's fourth worst in the ACC when taking conference games into consideration. Virginia Tech, uh, second best rushing offense in the nation mm-hmm. right now, and that is a bad, bad recipe for Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think Wake Forest offense will score a little bit on Virginia Tech. I do because the Wake Forest offense has been pretty good. I mean, they've scored over 40 points in every game except the game they played against Clemson. I'm willing to throw that out, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 So because of that, um, I, I think Wake Forest offense is good. Um, but it's really just a matter of how good are they, right? Mm-hmm. And how how well are they going to be able to move the ball on Virginia Tech's defense? Tech's defense did not play great in the first half last week, but they tightened it up. They did force five turnovers, um, but they, uh, on a yards-per-play basis, they were better in the second half than they were in the first half. They tightened things up. They tackled better. This is the second consecutive week where they're going to have most of their defense healthy, especially in the secondary, which is huge because they had a lot of COVID issues on the defensive side of the football. I think the chemistry is going to be there. Um, we're going to see that start to build as the season goes on. I think the defense will start to play better for Virginia Tech with this new scheme and just being able to practice a bit more and play together. 
Uh, so I think Virginia Tech's defense makes enough stops against Wake Forest offense to cover the spread here. I don't think there's any question that Virginia Tech wins this game outright. The defense would have to completely just not show up, and Wake Forest defense would have to stop the Virginia Tech rushing attack, which no defense has done it yet. So I'm not going to bet on one of the worst rushing defenses in the ACC to do it, are you? No. No, I don't think so. It's you know no. If you look at it from a yards per play standpoint, Virginia Tech's defense is second worst in the conference. Um, and, Bad. And that's concerning, but you also got to realize, like, that's through four games against conference competition, three of those they were playing with, you know, three quarters of the deck of cards. So, right. you know, at full strength, I think you saw last week what they're capable of, um, both from just a, a physical talent standpoint and from a, you know, confuse a quarterback and, and schematic standpoint. You know, you've got some of the more uh, it's experienced guys in that secondary that are back now, and that, that really changes the game for them defensively. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to get a couple stops. I don't think Wake Forest is in position to um, consistently move the ball to the level that they're going to need to to win this game outright. Um, 68 is a high total. I kind of like the over. I, think I do, too. I think I'm going to stay off of it because I, I Virginia Tech might be able to get enough stops to keep it away from there. But, yep. um, Mike, I think I'm going to go ahead and just lock it up with Virginia Tech. Oh! You better lock it up. No, you That's lock right. It up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. That's right. Locking up Virginia Tech. Um, I, I I like that in, inside of double digits. Um, I, I think that they'll be able to get enough stops. Wake Forest, like, they're coming off a win last week against Virginia, where Virginia didn't have their quarterback, and they, they scored a whole bunch of points in the second in the in the fourth quarter, really, um, to to put that one away and make it look worse than it was. Like, given what I think of Virginia Tech versus Virginia, I, mm. I just don't think this is a game that Wake Forest is you know, going to really scare the Hokies in, I don't think. So um, I'll, I'll give those nine points even on the road and uh, take the Hokies here. Agree. I, I see what the thing I'll say about Virginia Tech, and we talked about in the preseason, it was, okay, the strength of the team should be the defense, right, is what we were kind of thinking, mm-hmm. even though it was a new defensive coordinator situation with all the depth that Tech had coming back on that side of the ball. I think it was safe to assume that the defense would be better. Um, than the offense. Now, what has panned out is that Virginia Tech's defense hasn't been healthy, and Tech has one of the best rushing offenses in the country, which none of us saw coming. Um, we thought it could be pretty good with the offensive line they had returning and Khalil Herbert, what he was able to do with Kansas, but we weren't expecting him to be like Doak Walker Award fringe Heisman Trophy candidate territory of production, which is what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. And this Virginia Tech team is a lot better than I thought, and I would assume that you thought you were a bit lower on Virginia Tech than I was, but the defense needs to start to play better. I think this is an opportunity to show for the second consecutive week that, okay, they're healthy. They're starting to get it figured out um, now that they got their guys back and they're a bit more experienced with game action in the new scheme with Justin Hamilton. So just kind of an underlying storyline to watch here. Yep. No, agreed. So we are both on Virginia Tech here and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm making the Hokies my pick of the week. Nice. Um, Mike, that's all I've got on week seven. Anything else before we uh, work on getting out of here? There'll probably be some upsets this week too, right? We, I, I picked a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, what was that? Let's take inventory. Syracuse, right? You no, Syracuse right no. And, oh, okay. Stop telling people that. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Well, I might be. I don't know. Um, I do have Pitt winning outright. Thing I forgot to mention was um, the last like three times, three or four times that Pitt and Notre Dame have played, it's been like an ugly slog of a game that uh, 
again, Notre Dame has been a huge favorite, and Pitt has like nearly beat him or has beat him a couple times. So yeah, this is not a this is not a, a matchup that Notre Dame traditionally plays well in. No, and Heinz Field is a house of horrors for everybody that goes there. Do you think you will bet this game, Joey? Um, I might. Yeah, I might. I, I, I tweeted it out what Tuesday that Pitt is like plus three twenty on the money line. Might sprinkle a little bit there. We'll see what happens. And I saw you retweet the article that Banner Society wrote about the super weapon. Yeah, I, I kind of thought you might uh, might be catching on to what I was throwing out there in terms of oh, a, yeah. a pick. So, uh huh. Yeah, Pitt super weapon. It, it is. It's time, baby. It's time. We're doing it. Um. Yeah, I got Pitt winning outright. I got Georgia Tech winning outright, and we've got Florida State in a potential outright win situation um, for underdog standpoints. I think we only get one upset this week. Really? Yeah. Let's mark that. Good jackets. Go. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. That. I mean, 2020 has been way too weird to only have one upset this week, but we'll see. We'll see. Yep. All right. Yep. Mike, your pick of the week is Miami covering 12 and a half against Virginia. I've got your Hokies covering nine against Wake Forest. Um, we will. Uh, we'll see how those turn out. Our picks of the week have not been uh, shining and sparkling and perfect this year. You, yeah. you could say. I yeah, I would agree with that. I am putting my money where my mouth is on both of our picks of the week. By the way, I will be betting Virginia Tech minus the points, and I will be betting Miami minus the points on okay. Saturday. Fair enough. Fair enough. Keep an eye on Mike's Twitter for all sorts of uh, good picks. Questionable picks. If he picks, yeah. Uh, Mike, that's all I got on week seven. Let's get out of here. Uh, we're going to come back and recap some games on Sunday. But in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free, especially on Anchor. Thanks to those who have. Uh, Mike, you want to tell me they can find us on the social medias? Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. We really appreciate those who have left comments and send us messages. Um, we, we try to incorporate you guys as much as we can, and uh, we, we genuinely really appreciate it. So thank you guys for uh, engaging us however you so choose. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. You want to come back and recap some games on Sunday? Yes, sir. Enjoy the enjoy the games. Have a good weekend, and we will talk then. Yep. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. I